some some Janos Deplor is I I haven't told this anyone on a podcast yet I think uh, I spent like a year on the Faroe Islands between tenth and eleventh grade. Oh wow! Okay. What are you doing on the Faroe Islands? Ah, uh, you know, just chilling. <laughs> because the, Being uh, young. the student exchange program uh, offered like you know w- w- if you if you chose Denmark you could also cross Faroe Islands and Greenland and I was like sure yeah why wow. not so I ended up there it was it was fun but they also had like flag day where everyone was uh, uh. outside <laughs> and celebrating the Faroe Islands flag uh, which what does that look like? What's the color scheme? Is... It looks like the it looks the same as the Danish and Swedish and Norwegian flag, just that it's <laughs> um, white and uh, and it's a red cross with like a blue edge on it, on white. Oh, nice! Yeah, but it's like the same cross that is on uh, all of the Scandinavian flags. All these countries are just like let's put a big cross on it. Charlotte has Welsh superiority. <laughs> <laughs> the I don't know if it was the Danish or the Norse flag, but they're like older than the tricolor flags. Yeah, the uh, it was inspired by I think I can't remember if it was a Danish or a Swedish king who yeah. saw a fiery cross in the sky before a battle, um, and they all just sort of copied each other, having the Scandinavian cross in their flags. Yeah. I remember the Iceland one is meant to represent the ocean with the snow, and then the volcano in the middle. That's what they told us anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it just white blue and red in like flat yeah. horizontal yeah see that's really boring you want to represent it's like a the... cross um that's even with... worse it's blue with a white cross and then the white cross has got a red line down the middle like another smaller mm. cross they're like we're gonna represent something but not really i don't yeah. know yeah i think flags should I... be more exciting i'm very fond of the welsh flag <laughs> again put a dragon on yeah. it it's better you can't have to uh two colors touch or something so they have to put like a tincture in between uh, to to make sure that two of sort of like the similar kind of colors don't don't touch or maybe it's too opposite oh, that's i don't know flags flags are rubbish flags it's suck. it's why the british uh flag looks like there's a it looks like the the sort of salt the red saltire in the middle it looks like it's off center yeah, yeah it's because yeah. They have to put an extra like bit of Don't white on it so that the the blue and the red doesn't touch. Oh no. <laughs> it's very dumb. Flags are dumb. The the fucking the German flag has those colors because there was like some uprising or revolution or whatever, but like not a good kind of revolution. It was like a <laughs> It was like a nationalistic revolution in like the 19th oh, yes. century. Oh. Uh Fun. And the the uniforms they were wearing were like, uh, like they were basically soldier uniforms. They had those colors, like they were gold buttons, and it was red and black, which is a Eesh. weird co- weird color scheme for a flag. It is kind of crispy the German flag, you know. Yeah. I look at it and I'm like, <laughs> I do like to like uh, pl- post the Belgian flag instead of the German flag and see uh, if people get angry <laughs> at me <laughs> there was that that yes. one guy i think like the secretary of the, some secretary of finances or something of the united states who replied to a tweet by Axel rose <laughs> who criticized him for something <laughs> and he used the he used the wrong flag 
that also had the same color scheme <laughs> as the US flag, but uh, yeah. I don't remember which it's one like it was. Malaysian, Malaysian yeah. flag or something? Something like that. That's so stupid. Then he like deleted <laughs> it and posted it again with the right flag, which is... <laughs> so someone on, someone on Twitter was... Oh, what was it? They replied to someone saying they were like free Palestine, but they spelled Palestine wrong and they used the wrong flag and I can't remember which flag they did. That's good too. <laughs> It's just a flag of Jersey or something. <laughs> I think it was because hmm, it looked similar, but I think the colors are in the wrong order. I mm. love the flag. Is it the Isle of Man with the legs? Yeah, yes. it's, a, yeah. it's a triskelet. Yes, yeah. but, love but with, that. with armored legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, leg triskelet. Have, have you seen? Have you seen the, the infinitely better one, which is the uh, the Sicilian? The, uh, the Sicilian. Yeah. Yes, it has like a creepy little sun face in the middle. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Oh, I've yeah, seen please, it. Yeah, please go over I, that. I can it's, see it here. It's uh, very, very strange. That's gorgeous. <laughs> it's a little, um, it's a little suggestive. <laughs> the, those feet. Oh, right? oh. I misremember. <laughs> you're, you're not allowed to show this on uh, Twitch. I misremember. It's a gorgon, a gorgon, gorgonenia there. Gorgonium. It's got corn. That's nice. Yeah, the Isle of Man flag is much worse. Because it doesn't show, it doesn't show the feet. They're like they're cowards, and they're hide. They hide the feet behind like armor. But they're like armored feet, which is cool. I guess it's not as cool as bare yeah. feet, though. Let's. It's like. <laughs> I mean, it's a matter of taste, isn't it? Really. <laughs> it, it's just actually just the international symbol for wiki feet. <laughs> Imagine being, I don't know if this is a common experience with all countries, but like me as a Hungarian child, we had to draw Hungarian uh, flags in kindergarten, uh, which is like, it's not a complicated activity. It's just the Hungarian flag is just uh, red, white and green, like ordered the same way as the German flag is or the Dutch flag. Uh, and I wonder if like Sicilian kids have to draw feet. <laughs> Unfortunately, in primary school, we did have to try and draw the Welsh flag, which is incredibly yeah. difficult and looked very terrible, mostly. Um, yeah. Like the world's shittiest dragon. I do like uh, shitty dragon drawings. It's a lot easier to draw the English flag or the UK cross. Yeah. Union Jack. Why did I call it the UK cross? <laughs> I mean, it's it is. if you call it the UK cross. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend who's a dragon furry and... Uh, draws a lot of like dragon art and it's uh pretty good love to see it i can't draw dragons i used to draw dragons a lot as a child but never very well uh i've always had the, the most appalling art skills so fun fact my last name comes from the word for dragon and the word for town really yeah worm oh oh of course Fun fact, yeah. my last so name dragon. comes from Kells. Yeah. Okay, Mine... so you're just doxing yourself here. <laughs> okay, that's true. <laughs> Mine means damp meadow a, a or nice possibly like leaf over it. shaded pasture or something. That makes sense for you, George. It feels right. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's farmery name, isn't it? Hey, yeah. speaking of dragons and kings. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. yes. Oh, nice Let's talk turnaround. about a song of ice and fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Which once again features one of the more familiar characters of the disc world, Samuel Vines. Mm -hmm. Sam Vines.
Uh, he most decidedly doesn't save the world. What he does do is give the world time to save itself, which is very much more of a, a disworld way of doing things. Sam Vines is not gifted with a huge intellect. It's absolutely right for Sam Vines. Trolls and dwarves and vampires. Discworld way of doing things. Vines find himself in the same circumstances. Can I really trust you? I've trusted you up till now. Discworld way of doing things. to Who Watches the Watch, a podcast about uh, the Watch series of Discworld books and their subsequent television show, maybe whenever that comes out. I'm your host, Charlotte. I'm your host, Janos. I'm also here, and I'm Lucy. And I'm your newly crisp boy, George. Oh, you sound so crispy today, George. (laughs) Crunchy. Mm. I'm so glad you don't sound like a jet engine. (laughs) It's very good to me. Don't worry, I will be running the boiler at intervals so you can hear my boiler going. Oh, that's good. Oh, good. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be very good. I sure hope your housemate starts riveting um, in the middle of recording. <laughs> I think so. His arm is mostly complete. Or the best podcasters record, like, r- right in front of a big jet engine. Does the Mothman attract moths, or is he a moth, or both? That's... I, I'm not a cryptid expert, unfortunately. My, uh, my, my friend Jen's musical project is called Pure Mothman, so I got to ask her about the Mothman lore. That's incredibly good. I know that it's got, like, two red eyes and it flies above your car and stuff. And I think it smells bad, or that might be Bigfoot. Bigfoot smells bad, yeah. Bigfoot probably smells bad. I think yeah. it's very impolite to comment, really. If you see Bigfoot, don't go, oh, I saw Bigfoot and his beer was awful. <laughs> just just be glad you saw Bigfoot. If he just got a hold of, like, uh, a thing of, like, Link's body wash, he'd be fresh. Hmm. People talk about Bigfoot, but I think we need to bring back monopods, which are one of those late, late, late medieval, post-medieval uh, oh, yeah. myth- mythical Monster monsters, which hop? are just a guy with like one massive foot. He'd hop around and so Oh, it's good. I yeah, think like, that's like know... a... And he, he'd shade himself from the sun by, by like sticking his, le- his foot in the air. That's like um, Voyage of the Dawn <laughs> Treader, isn't it? Oh, maybe. I haven't read that in years. Okay, I put Monopod Narnia, and it says... Monopods are short, worthy, and intelligent one-legged dwarves that live on Koryakin's <laughs> island. So, Not that it comes right. with a character judgment. Worthy. Yeah, well, it's, they're worthy. It, it's, not, it's Narnia, of course they would. <laughs> they're godly. Um, it's weird, weird Christian stuff. Yeah. I was really into Narnia when I read them, and I didn't quite understand that it was Christian. Me neither. I think I mostly knew. I, I like, suspected I it. Like, I... I guess I, I, I thought, oh, it's it's a bit like Jesus, but it didn't come across to me as like hyper Christian propaganda. So I, I was just I was just into the fantasy stuff. Yeah, me too. I never really read it as Jesus. Yeah, I didn't. I think I, I like I didn't grow up religious apart from like being surrounded it in a sort of English kind of way. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't clock a lot of things as religious. Like up until year two in school, I think we said prayers in assembly, and I, 
had no idea what we were doing. I remember oh saying God. amen and being like, what does that mean? <laughs> Whose men? My men? Amen? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in a wedding once when I was a child and uh, the priest apparently mentioned God and I asked what God was very loudly. Uh, and <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I was informed that God was omnipresent, so I used to punch the air and say that I was kicking and punching <laughs> God, which... <laughs> You're such an atheist. Thank you, Richard wow. Dawkins. <laughs> an interesting response. I ha- I really didn't like people telling me to do things. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I. I think we had similar instincts as a child, as as children, Charles. We have the same instincts now, so it makes sense. I was just super. Uh, that is, that is super true. Scared of Satan being real. That's I. That might Oof. be the difference between uh, Catholicism and. Whatever church you have in Wales, uh, Methodist, because <laughs> because Catholics like Catholic children, we weren't really taught to actually believe in God as much as we were taught to 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 be scared shitless of Satan. Yeah, Satan didn't really turn up a lot in our teachings. I don't think. I I was never brought up religious, but I went to religious schools for a long time. Yeah, it was just my primary. It was very about the very about the positive, what they thought were the positive sides of it. They they really didn't like to dwell. Well, because my 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 elementary school in Virginia was super non-religious because of separation of church and state, um, but then my Welsh one was super religious, so we had to pray every day and stuff, which I found really weird. It is. Yeah, I didn't. It is. I didn't like yeah, it. This this no. this song. Like this, uh, this children's church song, uh, that I I think also exists in English as the, as uh this little light of mine, and I don't know how the English this version. Light of mine, yeah, I'm gonna let yeah. it shine. And yeah, and I don't know how the English version goes, but in the Hungarian version, the first two verses are like how I have a little light, and I'm gonna like, you know, protect it or whatever. And then the third verse is not even Satan can stop me. <laughs> okay. And there's a there's a little dance you can do to it, and at the Satan part you make like a scary face. Oh wow, okay. Because <laughs> all the oh. seems more fun. Um it probably messes you up more, but it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean my uh my 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 parents were both like irreligious, but had come from Catholic backgrounds. So I, I got a lot of it sort of secondhand filtered down, yeah. um, but they were all like, oh, this isn't true. So I didn't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> My family is also incredibly irreligious. Yeah. Like I've got, I, I did so many things as a child that were religious that I didn't realize were religious. Yeah. I did I did brownies and guides. That was a, a Christian. That was in it. Ha- that was held in a church. And I was still like, this is neutral. I did like, I did this one weird like orchestra camp where we went away and then we like sang fun prayers and I literally only just realizing that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you almost like you really don't notice it. We had so many church events at my primary school um, and at my secondary school. Not as many in secondary school, but so many in primary school. We used to have like this vicar come in and tell us stories like all the time. Yeah, we had daily prayers in our um yeah, yeah, our exactly. assemblies. Yeah, uh, daily assembly. We did twice daily. I can't remember, but the, in my middle school, eventually they had the idea that they were going to bring communion, holy communion, and like confirmation into the 
into the into the assemblies and my dad got absolutely like livid and like wrote loads of letters complaining yeah yeah because um for us you had to volunteer for confirmation um you had mm. to like be in the group there was like five people it was very funny i had like yeah. a yeah, bread, right? vaguely catholic um upbringing but like my parents didn't care that much and then like my parents got divorced and uh my stepfather was was like vividly atheist so like as as a yeah. protest reaction i started going to catholic church when i was like between the ages of 12 and 15 i think teenage um, rebellion as religion is very interesting um that's really good well, it reminds me of all of those um they all tend to be american but like ultra catholics or the trad catholics they were trad sort of indistinguishable <laughs> from nazis but they just have the vatican flag in their twitter handles i mean um, that has a sort of, I think they think it's rebellious. But Everyone wants to think that their culture is the counterculture, I guess. It's not cool just being the culture. Yeah. <laughs> Conservatism is the new punk I... rock. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, Nazi punks, isn't it? The, the right is getting better at poverty and the left is scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was very, I was vaguely sympathetic to religion because i liked ritual until i read his dark materials and then i decided i was an atheist <laughs> <laughs> yeah would you, like, would you euthanize god yeah I, I i read his dark materials like way too late like i think i was already like 19 at that point oh, all right. I was so like, i was already over the religious 12. phase no i was younger mm. i must have been like 10 Ooh, that's almost too young <laughs> I think that's probably a bit too young. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like that, though. I read a lot of very terrible books very young. Same. My dad gave me loads of uh, Kurt Vonnegut to read what? when I was 12. <laughs> which is going to probably fuck me Did up a bit. Did have, like, the but drawing in... of the battle in it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Kurt Vonnegut's, um, this is a drawing of an asshole. Uh, and just vivid descriptions of, like, melted human fat and all that kind that's of stuff. Not... It's very good for 12-year-olds yeah. and the sort of existential horror <laughs> of everything. I used to read a lot of Stephen King and he mentions people's balls shriveling in the cold a lot and I was like, interesting. <laughs> I mean, his language in general is just very, like, not child-friendly. Stephen <laughs> King is not a good idea to read as a child, I think. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> they're also, they're also just, fine. like, terribly long. Yeah, I read The Stand, but that was a bit later i didn't read that till i was like mm. 13 or 14 that's a very appropriate age yeah <laughs> i think so it was better i, I mean mm. okay we should get on speaking of books hey this is good content <laughs> don't cut anything out of this <laughs> just have a conversation people need to know why i am so and it's kurt yeah. vonnegut's fault. no but like my friend was asking if this podcast makes any sense uh to listen to if you have not read the books so I'm just going to say, listen to the first 20 minutes where we don't even start talking about the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a discussion podcast. So. Listen, it's all relevant, because Terry Pratchett has a lot of themes. Yeah, we're going to come back to all books. of this when we read Small Gods in like exactly. three years. Oh. So, okay, so let's talk about God's Gods. So the next hundred-ish pages, I guess. Um, what happened? Can I just note one thing real quick? Uh, not a big fan of the title of this book. 
Yeah, he's not great <laughs> at titles. Probably. I think I think he already <laughs> also like even admitted that in an interview. I I, I watched with him where he was like, "Eh, the titles are just an afterthought." I I have after because I need to give something to the publisher, and I th- I think it really shows. Like, there's very there's very I think Thief of Times is is a good title. Uh, Nightwatch is a good title. And yeah, some of them are bad. Thinking about it, pyramids is a terrible yeah. title. <laughs> well, they they tend to be very work. simple. Yeah, they're working titles. Guards, guards is like I don't think anybody said that. No one's ever been like, let's yeah. call for I the guards. I don't like the two exclamation marks in it. It's a bit yeah. too much. Exclamation marks are bad, and it means you have to say it like guards, guards. Yeah, <laughs> Ex- exclamation marks are very good actually. <laughs> How else am I supposed to show colleagues that I'm? Yeah, I don't think that it's two words that are both with exclamation marks. If it was only one yeah. or if it was three, I would be okay with it. Guards at the disco. It's meant to be the cool that the emperor or whatever does when he's captured the hero and he's like, guards, guards, come take him away. Um, okay. But it and then, sort of falls and, short. Yeah. yeah. And then, then the hero drops a chandelier on them all or something. <laughs> yeah, which is why he wrote it, because he wanted, he wanted to be sympathetic to the cannon fodder who immediately died. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Feet of Clay is a good name. Yeah, Men at Arms isn't bad either. Yeah. It's not great. It's I think right. most of them are like serviceable <laughs> to okay, and some of them are bad, and some of them are okay. Equal Rights is a good title. Yeah. E- yes. Because it's rights, <laughs> like magic rights. Yeah. Like a rite of passage or a rite of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pun. pun. It's good. <laughs> it's a pun, that means it's I a sen- good I title. sense you're not so enthusiastic about it, you know. <laughs> Is that like your threshold for what's a good title if it's a pun? <laughs> it's just puns, yeah. I mean, it, it does make sense because you're also into Ace Attorney and those are just just puns. <laughs> I mean, I did, name, I did name one of the Fred Says Funk episodes. Um, I came, I saw, I power clowned. Wait, was, was, was that it? No, I, I came. I came, I, I saw. I power saw, I clowned. Yeah, that was like maybe our worst episode <laughs> title. <laughs> <laughs> I think Power Clowned would have been better. Well, because it's meant to be like Veni Vidi Vici, but it just is completely incomprehensible, which I think is good, actually. <laughs> mm. The less sense m- things make, the, the more fun they are. Unfortunately, that is my opinion. Um, mm. Humour is... Brain dead. Humour is used to frustrate other people, so they don't know what you're talking about, but it I gives mean, pleasure to you. you use it, so... I know, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> Okay. It's going to translate very well to podcasting. So what happens in the in these pages? Because I, again, read this book a few weeks ago and don't have a copy currently, but I can remember mostly what happens as long as you remind me. So this one kind of st- starts with um, Vimes drinking. <laughs> um, or not Vimes drinking, the bottles drinking themselves, mm. but it's his sad alcoholism. I think we start like a few pages earlier like because we ended where the dragon was doing char- not the dragon the librarian was doing charades to carrot right and then we pick up where the dragon uh, where like vimes and sibyl discovered it or like see the dragon yeah yeah and you know it's big it's spitting fire sybil's very in awe of it she also she's really excited she's it. a hobbyist 
Yeah. But I do like, they have this whole thing that it doesn't look like it should be able to fly. It's too heavy. Yeah, that's throughout this. Yeah, that comes up like constantly. Vimes keeps looking at it and being like, that's not how physics works, which unfortunately at this stage in my life just just reminds me of the opening to the B movie. Um, <laughs> she's like by all the yeah, laws of aerodynamics that bumblebee too. should not be able to lift its fat little body off the ground it really is one of the dumbest things that people can say like unthinkingly isn't it it's like of course it's in the laws of nature because it wouldn't happen <laughs> i don't know it's impossible Joe. i, I also fly. think that's um, like actually a myth like it's there's got to be like yeah. different calculations oh, like, uh, where it makes sense. I don't know anything about uh, physics, and yeah, I already said bee... that STEM should oh, yeah. be uh, abolished. Oh. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, if you see a bee because it happens, right? Yeah, exactly. If you see a bee flying, and you're like, "Well, I can't figure out how it does that," so therefore bees must not fly. It. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the fucking wings. It's the Simpsons <laughs> meme, and it's like, uh, M. Is my physics wrong? No, it's the bees that shouldn't be flying. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, the dragons. Dragon. Yeah, mm. which, of course, is a hint that it's magical rather than, like, an, an animal that's just appeared. Which is, like, we yeah. know that. We we have read the yeah. previous 100 pages where we've uh, seen the elucidated brethren summon the dragon. So, you know. Yeah, but I guess to yeah. Vimes, this is Vimes trying to solve this mystery, and this is his first. This is, I guess, a um, good question to ask at this point. Uh, we talked about crime fiction and like detective fiction uh, in early episodes, and for me, because I got into detective stories with uh, Agatha Christie, so to me, yeah. like the. A good crime story is where the detective doesn't like knows knows exactly as much as you know. Uh, so it's not like you already see the crime happening, and I, I I'm I'm not into that very much where you see already the crime happening, and uh, you're not a Columbo then have fan. to watch like you know how how Columbo is uh, is structured yeah. that you exactly see who the murderer is and then. The yeah. rest of the episode is: Will Columbo be able to figure it out? That to yeah. me is less exciting than uh, than when the when when you have to like you get all the clues and you get to figure it out alongside with the detective. And you usually don't, but you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be like, oh, I should have been able to figure it out. Of course, then there's also the other yeah. cardinal sin if the detective knows things that you don't know, which. Yeah, I think happens yeah, in Sherlock sure. a lot. Yeah, well, because, yeah, with the Agatha Christie things, um, she always used to write it that it could be any of the people. Yeah. And then she'd almost decide at the end who she thinks actually did it. Which makes um, them very difficult to figure out because you can't really. <laughs> yeah. At one point, well, can, I, like, I got to idea. a point where I started figuring out them out, figuring out most of them simply by thinking who's the least likely person. And it was usually oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did like the um the last Poirot where he oh it's so good um kills himself and then like yeah. gets someone else to to take the fall for it yeah yeah. Doing like a Poirot podcast is also on my list of potential <laughs> podcast ideas. Uh, I, love, I love Poirot; he's great. Um, 
So this this like reading this section of this book was the point where I realized what the mystery was, kind uh-huh. of. Which is which I felt dumb for not realizing before, which is who's the secret uh, supreme grand leader, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, and I think I. I think I know, but I'll I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, because that was what I was gonna was gonna bring up. Like, how effective do we think the mystery of this book is? If I'm right, I think it's quite effective. <laughs> the thing with this is it's structured sort of like a mystery, but not yeah. really. So there is mystery elements, but it's more Vimes himself experiencing a mystery than a mystery book. Yes. I think it's a lot yeah. more about him as a character um, interacting with the concept of mystery, I guess. Yeah, because that's like more. I, I think the book works because it's mostly about the characters and it's funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the mystery aspect itself isn't that intriguing to me. And like, of course, I know yeah. who the. I know what the reveal is gonna be. Uh, but I I don't think I was that uh, occupied in wanting to find out who the uh, supreme grandmaster is on my first read. Like I was I was more into yeah. you know learning about dragons, uh, appreciating the social commentary, uh, enjoying uh, Colin and Nobby being dumbasses, you know those kinds of things. Yeah, I think the yeah. only reason I've is it, I, like I'm looking for it, <laughs> kind of, and that's why yeah. it probably appears more obvious yeah. to me. I don't. I've never. I don't know. I'm not much of a, a person for um, mystery books. I just. I sort of. I'm happily read along and then go. Oh right, it was them. Okay. I don't. I'm not. I don't sort of struggle to to try and find out what it was. Yeah, you come so. to all my mystery parties. Oh yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that this is less about um, a singular mystery and is more about, it's more an adventure mystery. It's more like the mystery you get in like a normal adventure book, probably. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fantasy book. Yeah. I think, I think it is, it's character, as, as you've said, other people have said, it's character driven and it's, it's very much Vimes coming to discover himself as a policeman and as a detective rather than as a, a drunken mess. Yeah, it's 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 him healing and finding purpose again. Like, yeah. I think there's a there's a line somewhere it talks about his sort of ancient ancient policeman senses that he never knew he had coming back. <laughs> yeah, because he is basically genetically a policeman. <laughs> he has be, he has been assigned cop at birth. Like this is a, this is a thing yeah. in Discworld. Yeah, mm. he has all these like instincts, and he feels the city. Um, which we mentioned before, last episode. But he has a very emotional but also like physical connection to the city. Yeah. Mm. He almost he represents the concept of detective policeman almost. Yeah. In human form. He's an avatar of the city. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I don't think you get it in the in Guards Guards, but the uh the the one that Harry Pratchett often uses is talking about him feeling the cobblestones through the soles of his cheap boots. Yeah. Um, and that's how closely linked that he doesn't know, he doesn't need to have his eyes open to to know where he is because he can just feel the ground. Yeah, it's it's, it's vines becoming vines that the vines that you come to know yeah. in later books. 
Yeah, so this this basically starts <laughs> here where he like runs uh, to uh, into the streets of Ankh-Morpork and uh, there's a part that says uh, Vimes has surreptitiously taken to carrying a notebook these days. He had noted the damage as if the mere act of writing it down somehow made the world a more understandable place, which is, I think it's a great summary of uh, what like Vimes's method of detecting is that he just really uh first really stubbornly like writes down everything like he's not he's not a genius detective he's just someone who just very methodically and very determinedly works on uh solving the case yeah he's the dogged gumshoe he's not Sherlock Holmes (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's definitely true um I do like how when he writes in his notebook, he writes in like yieldy English as well. I think that's so yeah. funny. It's very, it's Item, very good. A smally veg- vegetable shoppy. It's good. It's nice. Yeah. I, I always wonder if that's like, if that's just how this quirk's spelling is, or if uh, if it's like his quirk, or if it's just he doesn't know proper spelling. But he writes it that way as well. Well, because I think. Yeah. Um, the in the witches' books, all the witches write like that as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but I think in it's the just... truth, they don't. <laughs> That's true. The newspaper isn't written like that. Um, I do think it is just like a funny joke that he does sometimes, where he's like, "What if he wrote I, like a sort I of?" I think that's joke ju- that's the simplest explanation. Is that just it's just something Terry yeah. Fletcher thinks is funny? But he's like, <laughs> "Pretty the dragon. There was a dragon where no dragon has been before, and it's just yeah. it's good." Yeah. So he just like first starts, you know, writing down things that went up in flames, and then he yeah, yeah and then then comes the part where he, you know, has the drinking thing that we talked about earlier. Yeah, like bottles arriving, two thirds empty. Like he's, yeah. he doesn't seem to be able to recall yeah. a time where he's ever yeah. seen a full bottle. Just, it's very sad. Yeah, the librarian and Carrot come over to tell him that the Summoning Dragons book is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I just love Carrot being like, and that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> he said Carrot happily, and it's just like he's so delighted that he's like doing his job. <laughs> He's finally found something that he's allowed to pursue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't arrest the patrician or the thieves guild. Really so yeah. He's a dragon. <laughs> I really like Carrot. Carrot's maybe my favorite character. Yeah, he's got his letters all the way through yeah. that are really still yeah. good. Mm. And you start seeing him. You start seeing more complexity to his character yeah. as well. Is he beco- he becomes less of a sort of point of view character through through the book. Um, like he starts off in the beginning, you're seeing a lot of stuff through his eyes, but he becomes less so. He starts becoming it, it's a weird sort of shift of point of view that happens towards Vimes from him. Well, later you know? in the books, yeah, you only ever really see Carrot from other people's perspective. Um, you never really get much internal Carrot thoughts because he's a bit of a mystery to other people. Yes, no one's quite sure, like, how real he is. Yeah, like in, um, he's quite prominent in The Fifth Elephant, yet mostly he's seen from Gaspode's perspective. Yes, <laughs> ah, Gaspode. 
I like um in this scene, sort of them deciding to have a like look for where the dragon's lair is, and at the end, Vimes great like with great care putting his bottle back in the drawer. Yeah, yeah. That he got out. It's just like ha, huh. cop instincts, <laughs> Trump, <laughs> alcoholism. Yeah, that's <laughs> the the urge to detect. He has a new addiction now. You you, you heard it just here. Like uh, alcohol is bad and cops are good. This is the <laughs> official who watches the watch stand on these things. We're we're an authoritarian podcast now. Mm-hmm. We're straight edge, but we love uh, state violence. Yeah. Um, it moves to the elucidated brethren yeah. being nervous. And they're all like very confused about what's, uh, what's going to happen now. Yeah. They're all sort yeah. of doubting the plan. Yeah. Um, and Supreme Grandma. I think what tipped me off that that was the mystery was the bit with the Supreme Grandmaster smiled in the depths of his robe. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's got like other stuff on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got what's an he angle. Yeah. Who is he? What's his? What? What's? Yeah. What's happening here? It's mostly investigation at this point, isn't it? So, yeah. um, he probably he goes to see Sybil again. Are they still together? Where are we? Okay, no. Then he goes uh, into the streets and talks to Catmion Throat Dibla, which is a character I don't know if you've encountered uh, him already, Lucy, in another book. Which one? Cutting me and throat Diblet. No, I've never met him before. This is like the first instance. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's, that's very good. He's I'm very... jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he shows up like all the time. And there's also versions of him in literally every country that yeah. you see during throughout <laughs> the series. Disembowel myself, on me, Dibla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's like um, a sort of every, well, not an every man in the way we, like, he's a trope, I guess. Yeah. Yes. He's a, an eternal chancer. I do love every, it. Every market trader. I do love it, though. I, I initially suspected him, maybe, but I think he's just... Um, he'll just capitalise on whatever the situation is. I don't think he'd, like, ever, um, like, make a plot happen. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but... He will yeah, there's this kind of try and make uh, money stock, off it. Stock characters who appear in a lot of uh, a lot of these books that are like never going to like actively be involved in the plot because they're like they, they he can't be the like you already obviously don't know this if you're reading it for the first time but it uh, the, one of these like recurring stock character you can make one of these recurring stock characters the villain of one of your books because then you can't have them come back for future books. It's always there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and he like tries to, already tries to capitalize on this, um, on this new dragon thing. Yeah, like dragon cream, uh, anti-dragon mirror shields, portable lair detectors. It's really good. Dragon piercing <laughs> arrows, which is what Euron Game of Thrones got. <laughs> 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 oh god just 360 um, nascope dragons right over the horizon it's really easy it turns out yeah you just go yeah. bang and you just kind of forget the fleet's there oh god we're getting off track again it's so very it's very realistic if you think about people selling like yeah. covid masks um, yeah like curatives and yeah. yeah people being like oh if you buy this silver essential oil or whatever 
you can survive, you know, boost your immune system so much that you don't need vaccines. And it's very real. Like scammers keep scammers be scamming. (laughs) Scammers be scamming. Yeah. So any any crisis is an opportunity for capitalism. It's true. Disaster capitalism, said someone called Naomi Klein. But the um, yeah, I I think also he is he's kind of indicative of the spirit of Ang Morpork and this hyper capitalist entrepreneurial way that is like constantly constantly just fighting for for a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah and it's it's something um, that Vimes recognizes. Like there's a there's a line that I've underlined yeah. that says the people of Ang Morpork were not by nature heroic, but were by nature salesmen. <laughs> Which is like exactly yes. the sentiment you were describing. Yeah, he and um, I mean he even says um, the side madam, the commerce is the lifeblood of yeah. the city. Before like yeah. burning a woman's bum with with a hot with a hot fork so he can get through the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Not the hot sausage yeah. fork. And he sells genuine pig products. Yeah, and then <laughs> Vimes like when he hundred percent pig when he yeah. gets past. Uh, cut me on throat stapler uh, he sees that like people this is like kind of like a another cliche fantasy scene that uh that pratchett like or like a stock fantasy scene that pratchett just uses and then like puts a twist on it where all the people are like gathered around a poster that says fifty thousand dollars for the brave hero that delivers the dragon's head to the patrician Oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I love this so much. It's this whole yeah. thing about, like, well, he's not it's like even... a D&D starter. Yeah. yeah. But I love the thing of them all being like, oh, he's not even offering half the kingdom and his firstborn yeah. daughter, as is tradition. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like, well, he it's hasn't like, got he... a daughter. He he only has a little dog. <laughs> it's like, does he have an aunt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. One, one of them is like, what kind of dog? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got an aunt in Quirm. Or yeah. is it Sudopolis? I can't remember. I think it's Quim. I I do enjoy the uh, the the unicorn hunter who complains about wear and tear on virgins as one of his uh-huh. expenses. <laughs> 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 just the idea of having like a um a heroes union of just yeah like oh that's not you know fifty thousand isn't very much when you consider you know we've got it's to buy all our, all, all our yeah. own equipment. <laughs> Like, well below the going rate. I'm just mm. yeah, I'm just going through this part and the the thing I, I like this part of the thing that they, you mentioned where uh, where they ask Vimes uh, what kind of dog uh, the patrician has and then he says a small wired haired terrier and then it says the hunter thought about this for some time. Nah, he said eventually. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredibly distressing. It's really I <laughs> And then next we have like a little scene where the patrician uh, is talking to the chairman of the Guild of Thieves and the Merchants Guild and the Arch Chancellor of the University. Yeah. I love the Arch Chancellor of the University. Like they're asking him, like, this is this your dragon? What do you know about it? And he's like, um, and he just completely bullshits. Like he gives this explanation of the dragons moving into the city because of urbanization. And there's that line that's like, um, 
uh, he'd managed to get all the way through it without actually needing to engage his brain, which I think is so good. Academia, though. This is doing uni presentations. Yeah, there's going to be... I don't know how much of, of it is going to be like in the Watch series, but uh, the books that are focused on the... Um, on the wizards more uh, have like some some incredible parts about academia um, the wizards are great is this red Kalim? Com- do they mention do they mention the name of this it's not red no. Kalim, no. i think oh, it's okay. like chronologically like one or two books before he gets introduced because in the in the like show credits didn't they say that there was going to yeah. be an arch censor yeah. so that's more like this yeah because i'm pretty sure in the books um Sor- does sorcery happen after this? Chronologically. Sorcery is is like an earlier book. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Sor- like sorcery is earlier. Or, the, like the third or fourth or something. Yeah. Sorcery is like fifth. Fifth. Veterinary is in sorcery and his dog. Yeah, veterinary is. Um, but I'm thinking of Ridcully. No, I think Ridcully gets introduced Ridcully, in uh, Moving Pictures, which is like the next main book. Like if we don't count oh, Eric, which God, I don't. You're right. Why? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you count Eric? I like Eric. Eric's cool. I don't know. It's just. It's just not a full book. <laughs> Eric short. is. Eric is fantastic. I think it's uh, also. Faust. Yes, it's just even crossed out on the cover. Tries <laughs> <laughs> to summon a demon who gets rinsed wind. If you didn't know what it was a pastiche of, we're yeah. just gonna put it on yeah, the that's cover. Like, so, yeah, that's like one of it. those. Like, I think that's one of the worst Terry Pratchett titles with the crossed-out Faust. Like, what are you thinking? No, it's good. No, it's I, I respect. I respect it. Yeah, you're right. Moving Pictures is the first one to have Wrinkly. Um Sorry, I've just noticed something which, about this uh, scene that I kind of glossed over when I first read it, um, and that. So, like, all of the merchants and the thieves' guild and the wizards leave, and the uh, veterinary is really angry and he's pacing. I didn't realize his office is called the Oblong Office. Like, the yes, Oval Office. Is. That's. <laughs> it's an Oblong. Oh, that comes up a lot, but it's good. <laughs> this, yeah. I love the intricacies of, the, of his palace. There's a lot of mysteries in there. Uh, it's veterinary. The whole scene with veterinary being mad, and then they they summon him and once summoning in Vimes. This is the scene. <laughs> this is the scene where I think I knew. So my okay, ah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just okay. My theory for who the supreme grand leader is it's once right. Um, I don't don't tell me if that's true, because I'm excited okay. to find out. But I think that's true because in this scene, veterinary is asking Vimes. Um, questions about you know what the watch is doing about the dragon mm-hmm. and he's saying you know all you need to do is find the lair once you're the lair of the dragon and then Vimes is just kind of bullshitting and he's like if there is a lair and just the line once looked up sharply and I was like oh you sneaky bitch <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then later in the sorry I know this is like skipping a couple scenes but later when the brethren are talking about him being the supreme grand leader being absent because he has to help with coronation prep i'm like oh okay so i think i've got it but i'm not sure yeah, i could right? be very wrong you'll have to tune in next week to find out <laughs> wow what, what a what a cliffhanger yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I've been... i know it's like the most important part of the book obviously um... yeah that's, that's why we keep reading it is 
If you if you find out who the grandmaster is, you you can't even read it anymore because you've been spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I think I watched uh, Twin Peaks uh, being spoiled uh, about who killed Laura Palmer, so that was fun. Oh shit! I mean, it's yeah. not that important, really. <laughs> <laughs> but also, no spoilers on this podcast. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that it was uh, Agent Dale Cooper, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's another scene with the librarian next. Um, what happens here? Oh yeah, they're in the. Is this when he goes into L space? Has he gone into? That's L-space a bit yet? later. Okay. Here he just gives Vimes a banana. That's the one part that I underlined. Which I think is yeah. very cute. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. He's well-meaning. I, I do like their special ape service constable. Oh, yeah, yeah, then they're out, like, dragon hunting. Or, like, observing. Yeah. Mm. Um, up on the old mm-hmm. watchhouse roof. Yeah, Colon's, like, yeah. trying to have his, like, massive longbow. Um, and Carrot's like, well, actually, you can't because of the Projectile Weapons Civic Safety Act of... 1634 <laughs> and like literally every citizen is on their roof with a bow and arrow presumably with commune throat dibblers dragon killing arrows yeah god i don't know they cost like didn't they cost 500 dollars or something yeah <laughs> it's a lot of money the thing is that no one will ask for a refund though yes oh the dragon detector certainly not it's a it's a yeah. bit of wood on a stick and when the woods burned through you found the dragon <laughs> <laughs> it's just like dowsing. Um, you know when you yeah. have a dowsing rod and it's like if the dowsing rod is wet then you know you found water. Mm. <laughs> mm. Or if, if you fall into an archaeological excavation trench you know you found some archaeology. Well Do as you? we all know archaeological sites are always on ley lines so if you follow the dowsing rod then you can normally find a site. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how ley lines always go through the the, the sites that um, people know about, but not the ones they don't know about. So they once again start hammering. I think this is where they start hammering in how the dragon shouldn't be able to do this. Like there's uh, there's a part where you know they see the dragon and Vimes thinks uh, it shouldn't be that big, uh, and then in the next there's like just a short scene where Sibyl is looking at it and says, "That's not right. That's not right at all. It shouldn't be able to do anything like that." I know she's using a telescope. I thought for a second it was like opera goggles, but it's not. It's a telescope. She's. I love Sybil. <laughs> she's. She's so large. <laughs> yeah. She's good. I love Sybil. She's very good. And then, and then yeah. Vimes like blacks out and wakes up in uh, Sybil's room. That's the next scene, I think. <laughs> yeah, which is what I mentioned last week about it being like the saddest sort of lonely person bedroom. Yeah. Well, maybe not sad, but like someone who's really given up on ever having anyone else in their bedroom apart from themselves. Yeah. And um, she's got all her wigs and her ointments and all her clothes and her dragon Nobby, like, notices that this is a chance for him to be social climbing. (laughs) Yeah, he gets really into it. He gets really friendly with Lady Sybil. It's very funny. I love him, like, waking Vimes up and being like, you're in her bed, and, like, giving him this knowing grin. It's just really good. It's so human. He keeps calling it a boudoir. Yes, the boudoir. 
And he, 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 Vimes then does have ointment put on his bottom by Lady Sable. <laughs> I love Nobby because Nobby is like clearly the worst person in the watch. And I think you need that. Like that's why I'm so upset that they're gonna cut him from the show. Well, it's like he has his uses, but like almost yeah. by accident. But he also knows the criminal underclass quite well because he uh, has the same brain. He's the lowest common denominator. Yeah. If I'm says if, if if Nobby is thinking it, everyone else in Ankh Morpork is yeah, probably Yeah, exactly. It's like a compass well. of what uh, what yeah. like, the the average like um, Ankh Morpork person is gonna be yeah. thinking. Yeah. A, a barometer for yeah. the city. <laughs> and at this point, they are the watch, and the watch is pretty incompetent. And then, as the watch gets more competent, they're still there, just representing a different part of yeah. the watch. And they never, <laughs> they never get promoted or anything. But they are. There, there. is like a part <laughs> earlier where it says Colon uh, is the exact kind of person who will always be like immediately ascend to the rank of sergeant and then stay there for his entire life because you couldn't imagine him having any, <laughs> any different rank. <laughs> he he yeah. has this thing about sergeants um, being this sort of like archetype of a, of a soldiery yeah. guy who's like basically colon because they turn up all the time in his books especially in um, Monstrous Regiment. Mm. Um, sort of sergeant stuff sergeant always knows what's going on and like people higher than sergeant who don't know anything because they're too high up yes oh what's the sergeant in a monstrous regiment called like the hardest bastard one of the hardest bastards in all of all of terry pratchett i can't remember and i was in a play um <laughs> jackram that's it sergeant jackram yeah I, I don't give you any spoilers there's multiple um twists in that book that are incredibly good it's it's like one of his most accomplished bits of writing i think yeah me too i have a About copy war. of that one it's very somewhere yeah it's, it's very different to his normal his normal ones really. it's also got it's got vimes in it just like as a side character who turns up sometimes. okay then then yes. we got to cover it on this show that's good yeah. <laughs> Vimes Vimes is a sort of um it's, a, it's almost like he's the UN or something in that. Mm. He's like an international he becomes like an international policeman almost. Yeah, because he's an ambassador for a, mm. a few books actually. Uh, I tapped over to the wrong thing, hold on. Okay, there's the book. Um yeah, she he wakes up, they look at the room, uh yeah, he sees like how Sybil is obsessed with dragon like memorabilia and books and letters she's got all these like subscriptions to dragon clubs and dragon charities it's really cute yeah, <laughs> yeah. she wrote a I'm book so about diseases of dragons it. yeah it's just so many yeah I, I love her talking about them and the fact swamp dragons are like barely able to exist because if they like yeah cough then they'll explode it's it's very good. It's just like pedigree dogs, isn't it? Where they just can't breathe. Yeah. And none of their insides yeah. work right. It did remind me of sheep, because sheep also yes. just get diseases that are completely random and sometimes just die for no reason. No, I, was, yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Because <laughs> he, 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 he basically has the same jokes in the Tiffany Aching series, about, but about sheep, doesn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Which is true. I have seen sheep it just is? die. Yeah, they, they die a lot. That's that's why I have sheep skulls because you just find them lying around. <laughs> yeah, same. 
Uh, Sibyl brings him bacon, fried potatoes, and eggs, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, it sounds great. It's a great <laughs> food to, you know, wake up from a coma too. Well, he loves fatty food. Yeah. Vibes. Loves the crunchy bits. Sybil calls Nobby a colorful little man. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, her talking about, um, like she says, we found we've got a long common. It's an amazing coincidence, but my grandfather once had his grandfather whipped for malicious lingering. Basically <laughs> <laughs> no, part of no, the family. Nobody lingers maliciously like, like a nobs. <laughs> Yeah, they talk about, once again, talk about how the dragon shouldn't be able to fly. Uh, that it doesn't work, like, with the scale of swamp dragons. Yeah, you can't just scale it up because aviation doesn't work like that. You yeah. can't just have the same aeroplane, but bigger, and it still fly. It's like exponential. We are igno- ignoring the fact that she slaps him on the bum. She does, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. so she does, like... <laughs> she just did that. She's very, she's very into him. She does treat him like a dragon, though. She's like, yeah. this yes. is what I would do if I was healing a dragon, so I'm just we- going to do the same thing to you. Yeah, she gives him an ointment that is meant to pr- like heal wounds and pr- um, promote healthy scale growth. <laughs> and he's like, is that going to work on me? And she's like, I assume so. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> know why it wouldn't. Scales. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this is what I talk about, like, <laughs> uh, how fucked up dragons are. <laughs> Yeah, it says uh, Vimes wondered why people had been so worried about dragons in the olden days. If there was one in a cave near you, all you had to do was wait until it self-ignited, blew itself up, or died of acute indigestion. (laughs) Compare them to a badly run chemical factory. (laughs) They rely rely on permanent stomach trouble for supplies of fuel. (laughs) Me too. I think I think it's actually really a fun idea of like these these um, these dragons uh, have self arranging digestion that they they distill. They're basically like a an actual chemical lab inside, the, yeah. um, which they which they can control physically, like physically uh, control mentally. Yeah, so cool. I'm so charmed by them. Every single scene that has or mentions swamp dragons, yeah. I am absolutely delighted i'm like clapping my hands with joy <laughs> yeah and i think the next um, scene is like one of the best uh in that regard where there's like a mob turning up in front of uh yeah Sibyl's. oh my god it's so cute <laughs> yeah because it's very it's very accurate when they're like oh it's being caused by a dragon and these are dragons so we're gonna go burn down these dragons yeah. we're gonna go kill them um, I love, it's just Vimes grabbing a dragon and jumping down to her defense um, and like threatening to use a dragon as a flamethrower when he's like, the dragon probably won't yeah. work. Yeah, I think it mentions that the dragon is like afraid to death at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's very nervous. If you, if you shock him in any way, he's gonna, he's gonna start yeah. to blow fire at you. <laughs> Yeah, it's doing a sort of dirty Harry thing. Yeah, he does. Yeah, without, without the incipient <laughs> fashion. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he does this like, does you're wondering after all the excitement, has it got any flame left? And you know, I ain't so sure myself. We've got to ask yourself, this, am, am I feeling lucky? Yeah. yeah. It's just the dra- like the only sound is the dragon's stomach like churning because it's anxious. 
Also, it's not. It's far from the only Dirty Harry one because the uh, the motto of the watch, which they they don't know the the meaning of because they can't read old old Morpokian or whatever they call it. It's is like uh, oh, is it something? It means make my day punk, but in like card Latin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Vimes fights the mob off, um, and then Sybil gives him good boy. She gives him dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Errol. Yes, yeah. 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 He's like the saddest, most sickly dragon, but looks really sad, like a sad lost puppy, so yeah. they get it. I love that. Because there is like, Vimes does mention that he wanted a puppy as a child, and now he got one. Yeah, to eat. Errol <laughs> is so oh. cute. I am genuine, like, the biggest smile on my face thinking about this. Isn't there a book about Errol or a. Is there a book about Errol? I can't remember. Uh, Errol? No. no. I don't think so. Hmm. Are you thinking of Eric? Yeah. You're talking about? No, I'm sure I've... Maybe I'm thinking I of mean... something else. Anyway, yeah, I, I, there's a there's a great part here where he, before he gets the dragon, which is like really good Vimes character moment where he he just drives himself into a rage thinking about the injustice of people being angry about these uh, poor dragons. Yeah, which is his whole thing. He is always angry yeah. about injustice, and <laughs> it feeds him. It's his and if power. it was the first uh, instance of, of, of him being like that, because, you know, it starts out him being a shadow of himself. Um, and this is like, this is, I think this this moment is is what kicks him into being the Vimes that we love. Yes. Yeah. He's, he finds bravery to, to bluff through and and sort out something that's going to go yeah. very wrong. Uh, then there's another like yeah. letter from Carrot uh, where he just, you know, sums up the situation. He says, Captain Vimes is ill and is being looked after by a lady. Nobby says it is well known she is mental, but Sergeant Colon says it's just because of living in a big house with a lot of dragons. But she's worth a fortune, and well done <laughs> to the captain for getting to his feet under the table. It's it's always very funny yeah. to see like Carrot's writing style, where he just goes on for. So, I I also love the idea of Colum being like, yeah, he's he's in there now. He's in. They're going to get married and he's going to get all that. He's going to get that fancy house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of fancy houses, Sybil gave them her place in Pseudopolis. So they have like a, oh, yes. a nice Pseudopolis place. Yeah. Yard. Pseudopolis yard. Because it's like Scotland yard. Yeah. Pseudopolis yard. Yeah. It's, it's, in a much fan- it's in a fancy area. It's a sort of slightly, slightly run, one of her many slightly run down mm. properties. Yeah. Dearest mother, talk about a turn up for the books. Last night, the dragon burned up our headquarters, and lo and behold, we've been given a better one. It is in a place called Pseudopolis Yard, opposite the Opera House. <laughs> yeah, it's a fancy locale. I'm not sure the neighbours will like it. <laughs> and then explains metaphors. It is like lying, but more decorative. <laughs> <laughs> there are proper carpets to spit on. Oh. <laughs> uh, I love this book. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like a scene of the the watch talking to the, each other. Vimes is like mostly recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, they've sworn in the librarian. Yes. 
Special um, ape services. Special ape services. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to stop Vimes from saying the M word and monkey. <laughs> oh, don't say it. Well, you can you want to get bounced on your head by a large orangutan. Yeah. Mm. Orangutans are so frightening. I was watching, um, not Blue Planet, you know, the normal one, um, Planet Earth the other day, and I had a thing about orangutans. They're so scary. <laughs> a bit. They're less scary than chimps, I think. Chimps are definitely less chi- scary than chimps, but they still. I think I'm a bit frightened of monkeys in general. I mean, not monkeys. Apes. Yeah, I think the yeah. the scary thing about <laughs> them is uh, is how much like their movements are like. You know, they could almost be human, but still like yeah. far off. But like, I think that's you know that's the the, the scary part is really that it's they do. A kind of walk on two legs and they do make facial expressions that could be like human expressions which makes them all the more scarier yeah and they're also incredibly strong yeah. if they if they smile at you that's there in their teeth that's that's a threat yeah. they don't like it if you do it to them oh, <laughs> like they just they describe like the librarian as being like a bunch of bowling balls in a leathery bag <laughs> 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 I do love his. I mean, he's made I mean, I've got a, I've got a title like for the episode. Episode mm-hmm. title is uh, "Fear of Monkeys" by the Ooking Heads. Oh, <laughs> is that even? It's is that good. even a pun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about bad titles. Um... Hey, <laughs> we got another uh, brethren scene. Yeah. Um, there's a scene earlier where um, they're stealing the fluorescent lights from yes. uh, opposite the old the, watch the, house. The yeah. magical, yeah, magical neon light. Yeah, they're neon lights, but they're flickering because the magic is running out, <laughs> um, which is very funny. And is this whole recurring thing about ordinary things being identical except magically run rather than with technology? Yeah. Yeah. The um. Oh, what's, what's they called? Pixographs. Iconographs. That's Iconographs, that's it. Yeah. Uh, which have small imps inside which draw a picture. Yeah, because in the, in the Rincewind books, when Two Flower has one, and Rincewind's sort of there yeah. trying to figure out how... And he's like on the cusp of discovering how an actual our-world camera works. And he's like explaining like, oh, it's, it puts the light onto... And Two Flower's like, no, 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 look, there's a little imp inside. <laughs> it just really quickly draw, does like a painting yeah yeah it's it's so good mm. it's really well like, someone does eventually find out how to how to make how to make a, a sort of more modern camera equipment but it goes very wrong yeah very very wrong <laughs> so they're talking about once again going through they once again not understanding what the plan is supposed to be and the Supreme Grandmaster yeah. tries to explain them that the hero is going to show up and he's going to have a marvelous sword and when it touches the dragon, the dragon is just going to disappear. And they just, you know, they just stop summoning him. They send him back. End of dragon. Yeah. Although you have the Supreme Grandmaster and I don't really know where this is going to go if he's like, if this is another addiction thing with the Supreme Grandmaster um, saying like, summoning the dragon is easier every mm. time um and like he can stop whenever he wants very oh, actually, i don't think that's this scene yeah 
Yeah. And there's this there is this thing um throughout the books where especially with magic, once you've done something once, it's a lot easier to do it again because it sort of leaves a pathway magically through the world. So what he's done is he's opened a door between his brain and the dragon's brain and now it's a lot easier yeah. to open. Mm. But the dragon mm. can also open doors. <laughs> uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> doors are two ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it says mm. this was power and it was his, which is not at all ominous. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a theme to me. Yeah. Mm, power. Also, I think a theme we will have to talk about is the the idea of monarchy. Yeah, we'll people. we'll get to that. I think monarchy. that's like one of the one of the next scenes. Yeah, I I, I think we can like skip over most of that. Yeah, because the yeah. next scene is where the is when this uh, thing the the plan basically happens so they see the dragon mm. the like all yeah, the, the people are, are like turning up to see some to see this uh hero fight the dragon uh they're like mm. and it says that uh basically the crowd expecting the the hero to be like burned to death but they're they're there for it it's it's still entertainment yeah. It's, it says you didn't get the chance every day to see someone baked alive in their own armor. It would be something for the children to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but also, everyone's getting very excited about the idea yeah, of the king. They're really excited about how uh, he's got a magic, uh, magic sword and uh, he's going to kill the dragon. Uh, and they say that he's the heir to the throne. And there's, there's, there's this theme of monarchy again, how nobody actually seems to remember about like everyone is like wait we had kings yes yeah and then like yes and then some of them say yeah yeah we did i didn't know about this yesterday but now i'm a full monarchist (laughs) (laughs) yes it's sort of monarchism is almost like a mental virus just like in real life (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is this, this is again, where like this is an anti-monarchy podcast. <laughs> it's, oh it's yes, also, like clearly Terry Pratchett stands on the English royals, and we're gonna ignore his sir. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, there, there is no sir. Yeah, he 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 got knighted, but he doesn't approve yeah. of it. I think he mostly just I don't know. I think he th- he thought that sir sounds cool. That's true. Kind of. Yeah, probably. Because he had a sword made for himself. Because he's like, I can't be a knight without without a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's buried with it. And then they're also like saying how, uh, like the people are also saying how the king is gonna turn up and he's not just gonna kill the dragon. He's also gonna be righting all wrongs. And Vimes is like mm, desperately like trying to get out of throat. What kind of wrongs exactly the king the king is gonna write? You know. Te- bad things. Yeah, like taxes yeah. and the gutter of my house leaking. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> things that kings mm. care about. Yeah, like one of yeah. the one of the old m- women specifically complains about her landlord, which um, you know, famously, kings hate landlords. Yeah. <laughs> kings yeah. are just landlords. Well, yeah, kings, <laughs> kings, kings are just, just really just, big landlords. Kings will just like get rid of landlords and be yeah. the landlord and then maybe have some other landlords but he will call them barons instead and they'll be um yeah well they'll be different from mm. landlords as we know them now certainly yeah feudalism feudalism is just like layers yeah. of landlords yeah yeah it's monarchy monarchy is just dictatorship with really good mm. pr 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think like this is this is the theme, right? How uh, how these people are like rightfully upset about things, but once again, like you know, they see the wrongs of capitalism and then they turn to feudalism, which is not better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, uh, and capitalism and feudalism can exist yeah. together, really. And they also, oh, like, yeah. they like capitalism if they profit from it. Like, you know, Throat. Exactly. It's very obvious that Throat does not pay yeah. taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Throat brings up taxes, but he also um, he also says, yeah, th- taxes, that's that's a thing people do, right? Yeah. It, there's also this emphasis, there's people going all monarchist in the crowd, which drives Vimes insane. Yeah. All, you're all bloody mad. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's right. <laughs> but it, it focuses on the sort of how like aesthetically driven monarchy is. You know, they're all talking about what are essentially fairy tale things. Like there's a mention of uh, wear and tear on peas and hundreds of mattresses yeah. and yeah. <laughs> uh, the risk of your daughter getting a prick <laughs> <laughs> and falling asleep for a hundred years. But uh, it, it it is these these things. The monarchy's power is from power and yeah. ritual, uh, from, from pageantry and ritual. Sorry. Yeah, and I like how in, in I like how this how this scene does it. Like this is because this is like turning point of the book, right? Where the where the hero turns up and Angmorpor gets a gets a king, but it's it's only shown from like the perspective of 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 like the crowd and Vimes. And the actual the actual thing itself, like it ends with, it was certainly a very shiny sword. You had to admit that. Period. And then there's a cut to after yeah. after the uh, king has like made the dragon vanish. So we don't like Which we don't good. even get a clear descri- description of what he's like. We don't get a name for him. Uh, it's just like the boy. I think it, yeah, it's because it, it it doesn't matter. It's more about the concept yeah. than, and I, I I like that. And later, like the next scene, there's already a, yeah. a king, and still like nobody mentions his name. It's just yeah, we're royalists now. We have a king now. The patrician is in jail, and he'd look good on your small chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's entirely aesthetic. People people like the idea of it. They they uh. I think it's a philosophy tube video where you said people want to fuck the queen. I I like this line here uh, about like Vimes' uh, thoughts on this. Is he wasn't feeling at all royalist. He didn't think he had anything against kings as such, but the sight of Ankh-Morporkians waving flags was mysteriously upsetting. I agree. Oh, it's just it is like, upsetting. The idea, like at the end of that page for me it's like um vimes couldn't drink in a tavern tonight without seeing things that would upset him even more than the things he normally saw when he was drunk which is so true i hate seeing flags but this is (laughs) like recently the uk having ve day yeah um and people went ballistic yeah it went just like the public reaction to that was just like vaguely sickening but i like how this ties back to where we started the episode talking about norwegian independence day uh, where people are also (laughs) like waving flags yeah i've i've done it i've i've waved the flag right despite not being norwegian so that is for a constitution yeah it's a constitution 
a, a monarch. But they do still have a king. Well, I don't approve of flags in any circumstance. Yeah. They do. The royal family uh, uh, stand on the, the porch of the Conglia slot. And the, I think it's called that. Hmm. The slot, anyway. The, the palace and or wave. Hmm. We all waved at them drunkenly. It was good fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Vimes, like, once again notices like once again does some uh some great detective work where he first starts noting how the like he notices some discrepancies right like he he starts like writing down all the things that don't seem to be right about the dragon how it uh it's a heavy dragon but yet it can fly right well the fire be main hot yet (laughs) issueth from a living thing why for did it burn it so neatly? <laughs> and then, and then he ends with, uh, "Why for?" Uh, no, it says, "Can a dragon be destroyed into utterly nothing?" And why for did it explode that no one may find it? Search they greatly. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that's so funny. I love He's it. He's sniffing out the mystery. He he becomes yeah, a, and it's funny how the bre- the like supreme grandmaster was all just like you know. Just, the boy is gonna turn up and then the dragon is gonna disappear and it's gonna be enough for everyone. Nobody's gonna question how there's no body. How the dragon can will just vanish. Apart from Vimes. It's mythic, you know? I want to know what um, in this scene, Errol is eating something and I want to know what the book means by coke. Because Sybil offers that to a dragon, to the, to the big oh. dragon in another It's scene. like, um, it's coal. Coal, coal, Okay, yeah. right, okay, because that's what I thought, but I <laughs> I just never heard the word Coke used for anything. For coal? <laughs> I think that's the original for... meaning. Yeah. And then it got transferred oh, over I guess, to yeah, that... uh, cocaine and Drugs. or the yeah, that would... soda. That would make sense. Yeah, and then he also, like, the next suspicious thing that Vimes notes is how, where did this boy, how can a boy just turn up literally in this, like, in this situation? So this is basically, like, I like this thing that Pratchett does sometimes about how the characters themselves are critiquing fantasy cliches. Well, to them, it's just sort of the way things are, and criticizing the way things are in Discworld is always fantasy cliches. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking of like Pratchett reading uh, uh, Return of the King and thinking, but how can a king just return? <laughs> yeah, what's it, what has he been what doing? Is... <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'm interested in the governance of after this. Like, does he put taxes into Gondor? How does it work? Yeah. How does he govern? What is the Where does the money come from? Right, like structurally, this book is also uh, also reflects on that because this is like exactly the halfway point of the book. Where the dragon is defeated yes. and a king appears, which in traditional fantasy would be the climax. Like in book three of three, Aragorn returns. Uh, and, and, yes. and here it's it's like as much about the ramifications of that as it is the act itself. I'd like to talk about carrot, but... I think it goes beyond the scope of the books. This is more of an overarching thing, but it's sort of seeing seeing things in the books, in this book, uh, in Guards, Guards, that 
Mm, But I'm not sure how much to say, seeing as Lucy hasn't read the others. (laughs) I'm sorry. I guess you can... It's okay. No, it's fine. I'm I'm scuppering the debate. (laughs) No, it's okay. This is important stuff that comes up, like, a lot, so... We don't have to talk about it now. What what specifically is it, George? Is it something that has already like been happening up to this point, or is it gonna be more relevant after we finish the book? Yes, it's um, it's subtle, um, but it only makes sense in the context of the later books. But then you can't sort of talk about the things because they're quite small. It's it's sort of the idea of destiny in here and yeah. how how it's sort of both subverted and not at the same time. Um, I mean, we could talk about that next time. Sure, yes. I think that would make more sense. But one thing about Carrot is you get a little, irrespective of the the destiny, um, you get a a little bit of Carrot showing that he's not stupid. Yes. Um, When he asks Throat, are are they made by monks on some mystic mountain about his uh, genuine pig sausages? He he sees right through uh, Throat and is, is, um, you know, he's he's calling him out very subtly. It's an an interesting one because he's very simple and honest and open, but like... Yeah, but he's not stupid. That's the thing. He's not not dumb. That's like, that's... uh, that's I think it's like a recurring Terry Pratchett thing about how characters who are like very like he's he's not technically smart but he sees things as they are, which is for 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 yeah. for Terry Pratchett like more of an important quality I guess. I think he is smart, really. I think he's honest and smart and uh, true to himself. It's, it's not. I yeah. Don't know. How do you define smart as this? No, I think that makes yeah, sense. Now, in the next scene, like, Sybil needs to go to a bar because yeah. nobilis <laughs> obligé. Nobilis obligé. Yeah, so they're having having a big ball for the new king, right? Yes, there's going to be a coronation ceremony, which we're not going to get to today, but that's, like... Mm why it's happening she doesn't like balls it says she says or she thinks lord veterinary seldom had balls there was a popular song about it in fact (laughs) (laughs) lord Lord veterinary has no balls then it points out how the coronation and the uh, and the ball are both you think they would have uh, not been or they wouldn't have been able to organize them for months or weeks but they, they're already they're already organized. What happened in the same day? That's very convenient. It's almost <laughs> like somebody on the inside maybe had a hand in it. I don't know. I'm just there. <laughs> I'm just theorizing here. Uh-huh. Wow, that's some out there shit, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to get controversial here. In the in the we don't want to get cancelled for in the in the like this world fan community for our controversial takes. <laughs> the dragon was an inside job. It's <laughs> <laughs> a oh, dragon truth. Dragon flames can't melt <laughs> real princes. Fire can't burn wooden beams. Can't melt stone. <laughs> can't melt watch houses. <laughs> exactly. Um, I love. Okay, so the next scene is just like the watch again, but I love colon. Um 
being very drunk. Is it the scene where he's annoyed about his wife yeah. being a monarchist? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's like, what what's she doing? She's putting out bunting. What's that about? <laughs> she only made made him like a what sandwich? Beef oh, a beef dripping sandwich. There and everyone's like um, carrot and Nobby are both like overawed by this because no one ever yeah. makes them anything. So they're like, oh, a real beef dripping sandwich, amazing. Colon is like, I, I wouldn't put him in the wife guy category necessarily. He's like, a, I hate my yeah. wife guy. But like, he, he it, it also says how they, they've been miraculously been like happily married for decades because they, they just never see each other because of their different shifts. Yeah. He doesn't know how they yeah. conceive their children because they never see each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very persuasive letter writing, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we get the then we get the scene of the librarian going into the L space, which I'm gonna say like th- this this thing that Terry Pratchett li- writes about libraries, how books bend space and time, is weirdly congruent with like what Michel Foucault writes about libraries. <laughs> so I guess. Well, he may have re- maybe he's I, read Foucault. I, I, I guess Pratchett has read theory. I mean, he's definitely read a lot. Um, and he does mention just reading things almost at random about philosophy. So it's possible that he has mm. read. If only he'd logged it on his Goodreads. I think it was more just... I think it was more just like the idea of um, knowledge being power. And was it knowledge equals power? Power equals... Energy. Energy equals energy. matter. Matter equals mass. Matter equals... Yeah. <laughs> equals like time and space yeah it's, it's a, that's a very skillful mixing up of, of two sort of aphorisms yeah <laughs> well an aphorism and a scientific equation <laughs> then the next scene is vimes investigating the lack of dragon mess um he's trying to find dragon bits and he can't and errol is also there and being very cute he's eating bottles yeah. Yeah, and they're saying Very like delightful. they're developing a theory how this this dragon needs to eat magic. So it's got to be eating something, and all these magical items yeah. are going missing. So what if they're related? Yeah, he's putting two the and two together. It's coming back. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't like being controlled uh, at all. So as, yeah, as it was said, happy in the place where dragons go. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, but uh-huh. it also likes it in the it likes it outside as well. Yeah, it likes not yeah. being in the weird dragon dimension. And wants to take revenge on the grandmaster. Yeah. Uh there's a this is only gonna mean something to one of you, but th- there's a Quentin Martel moment here. <laughs> there is there is a Quentin Martel moment. Uh oh. No, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I haven't read I've Song read that. of Ice and Fire. I've I've read the first one. He's the one who gets the crispy kebabs, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> Which almost happens to Sybil here. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she, she says, I... He, he thinks he has yeah. blood of the dragon and so tries to commune with it, but the dragon does not wish to commune. It almost works, but then it says, like, she looks... She breaks eye contact with the dragon for one second. She breaks eye and contact, that's, yeah. That's like it. <laughs> She's trying to treat it like like her one of her swamp dragons being naughty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I love her so much. <laughs> I can't wait to see what the TV says. I also just like looking at what I have underlined. She says, "Don't stand there like a lot of boobies," <laughs> which is an expression <laughs> I have not heard yet. It's sort of an old yeah. British one. It's like old-fashioned. But... I don't know what the normal meaning of boobies yeah. is. It's a bird as well. Yeah, it yeah. can also mean like a mildly, like, like a, it's a sort of very soft way of saying idiot or something. Yeah, because you like a booby yeah. trap, trap a trap a booby. Yeah, a trap for idiots. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Giggling like a four-year-old. Um, <laughs> it's also like a great. This is. Uh, I I'm just seeing the moment you talked about earlier where uh, Colin complains about monarchism and like one part i just noticed where uh you know he makes a he makes a case how uh, all this business about kings and lords we're all born equal and then nobby calls him frederick and he says it's sergeant colon to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of like he's he's almost you know it's i'm almost like oh go off sis (laughs) but he's he loves to be a sergeant. It's who he is. And then we have the mm-hmm. last scene for this week. Yeah. So yeah. what happens here? Yeah. Um, it's another meeting of the elucidated brethren, except minus the supreme grand leader because he's off arranging coronations. Um, yeah, we did that. And, bro- and brother Dunnykin, I believe, because he got bitten by you know, a crocodile. He's back. <laughs> he recovered from his alligator oh, yeah. bite. <laughs> oh, has he? Cro- crocodile bite. I think he is. No, sure I don't think he's there. I thought he just he was just gone because of the crocodile bite. He survived it because yes. because like they um obviously he gives up his amulet in the first bit we read and doesn't even get his three dollars back and then he gets bitten by a crocodile mm-hmm. and they're like having like a um a whip round for him <laughs> I assume to pay for his like medical <laughs> bills. I think it's for like, a fruit basket. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more yeah. likely. Um. Which is just really cute. And it's like, it goes back to that, like, oh, they just want friends, really. They just want to feel part of a community and feel like they're part of something. And there's this nice community spirit of, like, getting a fruit basket for your friend who got bitten on the leg by a crocodile. Yeah. But it's also, like, fundamentally useless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet, though. Um, <laughs> um, worth happens to Brother Watchtower in this, though. He does not Ooh. get bitten by a crocodile. He gets burnt to yeah. death by a dragon. So all all, 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 of, all them. of them in there. They all, they all get melted. Is, the whole, the whole this place. is such an eerie way that uh, that this scene is described. Because they're just, just being like, you know, brother, like the supreme leader isn't here, so now Brother Watchtower is going to become the uh, acting supreme grandmaster uh and he like yeah. wants the attention of all of them and says okay he's gonna be here any moment and then like all of them reply and one of them is one of the replies is just fully capitalized <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. The, the use of capitals to 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 show what's about to happen yeah. <laughs> it's quite clever that always it gets is me quite sinister he does tend to turn up Quietly in yeah. the background, waiting. He's not invisible. It's just people's eyes slide over him because they're not expecting to see him in, until mm. 
until they do. Dev is such a good character. I'm so excited to get to a book where he like plays a more substantial part. I love yeah. I love just like the last conversations that Brother Watchtower has with Death in this where he's like, honestly, no offense, we didn't intend for this, we just wanted what was due to us. Mm. And Death pats him on the shoulder mm-hmm. and says, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. And this is like a common theme also in these books, how the people who die are like often not you know, it's not like the the big villains who get the death scenes, but like just, just these like casualties, I guess, and they they get like always really humanizing uh, death scenes where death is just standing there. Well, your time is up. What else can I do? Like I, I, I it's not it's not my fault. It's how it's how the universe works. Like it's 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 oddly comforting. Yes, yeah. it's a real psychopomp. Kind of help helps people, so it calms them. Well, occasionally, sometimes there's people who aren't even he thinks are sort of nasty. Yeah. Yeah, he's not cruel. He just takes people away he, afterwards. He doesn't. He's just doing it. his he's job. Um, and yeah, this this was it for all of these beloved characters. Uh. Rest in peace, brother doorkeeper, brother plasterer, brother watchtower. R.I.P. So I guess brother Donny can survive, maybe? If he's out on sick leave. And brother fingers isn't mentioned as being there. Yeah, the next next paragraph starts with brother finger not being there. But yeah, this is... Yeah, like things are getting... Starting to get out of control. It looks like... It looked like someone didn't didn't keep the dragon uh, as uh, as well in control as they promised to do, or as the original plan was. Yeah. Well, once the door is opened, it's far easier to open yeah. the door again. And it's hard so. to not open it, apparently. It's, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Lucy. It is kind of an addiction thing. Because he, yeah, he literally says, yeah. I can I can stop at any time I want, which yeah. is, like, the the classic, like... Yeah, because it's, pre- it's almost like his urge for power is represented by the dragon. So the dragon is, like, his need to... Well, he uses it to gain power, but it's not something you can use without consequence, I guess. Yeah. It's too powerful a weapon. I guess this was it for the episode. Uh, how did we? Did we like the? <laughs> I, I think we can com- confidently say that this is a good book. Yeah, I, think <laughs> yeah. I I love it. I think this is. Yeah, I really like this. I know I keep saying that, but it's just. I think like the next ones are even better. This is. It's starting out yeah. good. Like, if I were on Goodreads, I would probably like give this one like four and f- or four and a half just simply because the next ones are like even better can't half star things i'm probably gonna give this a five <laughs> yeah the, 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 the thing is the, the thing is that uh all these goodreads reviews end up being either five stars or either one star like people on the internet are incapable of nuance so you can't give a book that you enjoyed three and a half stars it has to be it has to be five stars mm-hmm. for I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I think this was a nice read. And one star is well this wasn't quite 
my thing. I expected better. One star is like I read 25 pages and then thought for some reason that <laughs> I could contribute a fair review. Yeah. I think it's fair to hate a book um, after certain number of pages. I think like just the system of like logging and reviewing books with stars is just so so uh, faulty uh, on uh, like it just the system is so bad from the start. Because, yeah, it's valid to, like, stop a... Like, I, I don't want anyone to uh, keep reading through books they hate. Uh, yeah. You exactly. don't want to be kidnapped by a book. But I also don't want to, like, read reviews by people who stopped after 20 pages. Or I don't want to yeah, see, like, a score being affected by by that. I guess, like, scoring is also just a bad... It's bad practice. It's very stupid. I give this book five dragons and a and an two orangutan. I give it seven bags of popcorn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been watching on cinema at the cinema. It's a, yeah, it is meaningless mostly to give like a numerical value to most things. Yeah. I'm not sure how useful it is really. I think it's just so that uh, like producers of review content content. Um, can can just people can, they can just give people a like a sort of quick thing. I think people are more likely to to read it if they can go oh one star three yeah. stars something like that. Um, but it's it's yeah, so it's like hard because like, I don't think I, it's good. I obviously do. I'm a disgusting continuous user of Goodreads, and I do like rate things after I read them. But like, there's no continuity to it. Like, I feel so differently about a book that I might rate five stars because I like how it's written, or a book that I rate five. Like, I don't know. There's some stuff that I just think is okay, and often I'll feel so bad about rating something anything that's like three stars or less that I just won't do it. <laughs> Like, I have to hate a book to rate it three stars or less. But then you've just got review creep, and it's like everything has four stars. Yeah, which is so uh, dumb. There's a, there's like a, there's not a lot of video game sites where, like, if it's under 70%, it means it's, like, that borderline yeah. unplayable. Yes. <laughs> or, it's a, or it's a walking simulator, so, like, people just hate it because uh, it's not the kind of game they like. It's got women yeah. with blue hair in it. Which is <laughs> it has gay romance options. Forcing so me to it is funny, I... look at the games. Yeah. I think Pitchfork reviews, um, the, the person who writes the review doesn't give the score, so someone else reads the review and then gives it a numerical Great. value based on the review. That is interesting. And it's always like, how do you how do you give something like 7.8? How, how do you get that 0.8 score? <laughs> like, how do you quantify that? I mean, the real answer is you can't. Well, the yeah. whole review is personal opinion. You can get better, better or worse argued ones, but it, it still is, and ones that are more oh, yeah. or less valid. But it's 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 opinion. I like. I'd never go off a Goodreads review of a book to enjoyment of music is to me so much more subjective than uh, enjoyment of like most other media. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. most people probably like most films <laughs> generally, but like music is so different. There's so much difference between genres yeah. sometimes. Like, 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's very true. Like most films are at least watchable for you. You might not enjoy it, but you'll get, you can get through. Uh, or at least I would say that a, a film that is like there's there's a ton of films that are like classics and critically acclaimed, and I would say that most people are going to enjoy it. Whereas I wouldn't say that most people mm. are going to enjoy "Lift Your Skinny Fists Like Antennas to Heaven." <laughs> well, it's I think with films, there's a lot more. Um films definitely follow a formula um no matter on the genre mostly yeah. um films are films are like more more made for uh for general enjoyment i guess yeah it's it, films they tend to they follow the similar language and similar sort of beats and stuff a lot of the time whereas music yeah. can just be any noise <laughs> or no noise okay well thanks everyone for listening <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Jochen Bauer. Well, I hear. Bob Strong in the Arm is your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Strong in the Arm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remain in Ook. I don't know. Remain in Ook. How's it getting? Remain in Ook. <laughs>